Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, Charlotte Hornets fans? It is I, Darian Thomas, the host of the newly named Trust the Buzz podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. First of all, I would like to thank everyone at Believe for letting me change the name to Trust the Buzz. If you didn't know, that's the name of my YouTube channel, which I'll leave a link down in the description below where I give like updates about the Hornets at a quicker pace instead of on a weekly uh, timetable. So if you're interested in that, go down there and hit that subscribe button on my YouTube channel. It will be greatly appreciated. In today's episode i was about to say video because i was talking about youtube in today's episode we'll be talking about the charlotte hornets of course but we'll be talking about how good is this team where can we see this team going because while there has been blatant disrespect on the charlotte hornets there has also to me have been some overly optimistic takes from Charlotte Hornets fans. So the media has completely just, they're out on the Charlotte Hornets. Now I did see an article, I think it was an NBC article they were doing like after free agency power rankings. And they were kind of saying that the Charlotte Hornets with the new owner changes and all of that, it's just going to be really difficult for that team to focus and play. That makes sense, but still I think they had us at 28th, which is ridiculous. So Basically, I just want to talk about the the two sides of the coin because you have the one side where the national media, they think we're 27th, 28th. When we were literally 27th last year without Miles Bridges, without, you know, basically missing LaMelo Ball most of the season. Terry Rozier sitting out a few games at the beginning of the season. And of course, at the end, Kelly Oubre missing like a majority of the middle part of the season. Mark Williams, I start until like the halfway end of the season. So there was just a lot of tampering going on as far as just with the lineups and, you know, a lot of the players weren't available and we were 27. They think we're going to repeat that. And, and I'm seeing in the little blurbs about each, you know, each team for the Hornets, it it mentions, you know, this team, even healthy, I just don't see it. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. Now, there are also people and mainly Charlotte Hornets fans that are saying they're the complete opposite. And they're saying, if healthy, we're a sixth seed, guarantee it. We don't even have to go through the play-in. And to me, I don't want to be that fan, but to me, I think that's that's a little far. And I say that because it's not easy. It's not easy to restore what you had two years ago after what happened. It's not like LaMelo went out with an injury, Miles went out with an injury, We've seen Mark Williams for two or three years as as a starting center in the NBA. It it it's just not as easy as that. It, it's 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 a lot more difficult because yes, Lamelo Ball is coming back with an injury, but also you have to think about it. He's our only point guard on the roster right now. So I know for a fact this team will more than likely add a point guard. Is it a point guard we're going to want? Is it a point guard that I feel as though we're moving the needle? I don't know, but. They there there's no way they don't add a point guard. They're definitely gonna add a point guard. Miles Bridges coming back, he's he's missed a year. He's missed a year. And you can't simulate in-game basketball. You can practice all you want, but in-game basketball is a little different. Also, he still has to miss 10 games. So that puts what that gives him only 72 games to do what he needs to do. 
Now, Miles Bridges from the, in the past has been a pretty healthy guy, but still, he's missed a year, so it's not easy. And then also, I think a lot of people are putting too much, and this is what I don't hope for. And also, Mark Williams is in this camp as well. Like, you'll see similarities to how people feel about Mark Williams, and that is people say Mark Williams is overrated or there's people who say, oh, he's extremely underrated. So for the people who say he's underrated, they this is to combat the people who are saying, oh, you know, he only started half a season. I'm just not sold. It's a lot of people who still wanted the Hornets to take Jalen Duren over Mark Williams. And I can still see why. I mean, Jalen Duren obviously is a good player. He's more of that lob threat for LaMelo Ball. So I get it. But on the other side, I, I do kind of agree with them to an extent. So some people are like, I just wouldn't be excited. We've only seen half a year. I wouldn't say that. I think Mark Williams has shown plenty, plenty of flashes of what kind of starting caliber center he can be. However, it has been only half a season. And it's unfair to him to put these hopes of he's saved the Charlotte Hornets center position. Based on half a season, based on how good he looked half a season. So I think I'm, I'm going to need Charlotte Hornets fans to allow him to have his ups and downs throughout the season. Uh, the season, I mean, I know we went to a top 10 defense like once he became a starter. However, most teams kind of were headed their way to the playoffs. I know the little, some seedings needed to be fixed, but we know in the NBA, a lot of teams feel confident, at least the top teams, feel confident in how they play. So therefore, they're not really care. They, some of them don't really care about seating. They just we're going to rest players and whatever the case may be. So it, it, it's just I don't want to put that kind of pressure on Mark Williams. However, I'm also not going to say he needs to prove it. I think he has proven it. I think what I'm saying is that naturally we're just going to have these ups and downs. And I don't think he's going to be this superstar center the second year. And for this team to be. I actually want to talk about how teams were disrespecting the Hornets first, but I guess I'm going more into why I don't think they're the sixth seed. It, 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 to me, it just seems as though we need to give him time. And I don't want people's expectations to, you know, I don't want them to cloud their judgment. So if he doesn't go out here and automatically is, I would even say if he automatically starts off where he left off last year, I it's not easy. Like it's not easy for a second year to guy to come in and just all of a sudden be this starting center. Um, so I just don't want people to take what he did last year and expect just the exact same thing and even better this year off rip. I, and that's kind of my point. I, I know you know how NBA fans are. Hornets fans are no different. Overreact at every little thing. So if he comes out and he's averaging 12 and 8 cuz i know like when he became when he was a starter he was basically averaging a double double let's say he averages 12 and 8 and instead of like close to two blocks he averages one block and his you know paint protection isn't all that it's good but it's just not all that it, it i can see people say oh well you know of course we're not going to make it he's staying i don't want that it, it's just going to take some time and that's why i don't think this team will be a 60 you have lamella ball you, you, that's a connection you have to work on. I know they're going to work on it during the offseason, but that's a connection in-game you have to work on and see more of with Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball. Miles Bridges, like I said, you cannot sim game time. So it's going to be a lot harder for them to be able 
it's going to be a lot harder for for him specifically to be able to just jump out the gate, especially he's missing an additional 10 games. So these are just things you have to think about as far as if this team's going to be a six seed. I think it's going to be a lot of struggling, and I think they're going to have to claw their way back if they want to be a six seed. I do feel like they could be a play-in team. It's just not going to be easy. And part of that, it will actually, I want to go through the roster first. So we'll, we'll get to like the outside forces later. But part, but um, for the roster itself, you have Kelly Oubre, who has not been replaced yet. Um, you can expect you would want Brandon Miller to take his spot as far as like his role on the team. Brandon Miller's a rookie. I don't expect him to jump in, jump in, or average twenty, average eighteen. I don't even think I really expect him. Eh, I might have expect him to average sixteen, fifteen. We'll see. But the thing with Kelly Oubre, even though he was a at times a microwave, at times one of the worst players on the court, at times a great defensive you know player as far as you know just interrupting the play. He's also sometimes called ball watching. It's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It's a mixed bag when it comes to Kelly Oubre. Still, you had to be honest on him. He averaged 20. There was times, I would even say, what, two years ago when like the team was getting COVID left and right, Kelly Oubre held the team down. And there was times this past season where, of course, we didn't win these games. We, you know, we only won 27 games, but Kelly Oubre held it down. And you had to you had to guard him. You had to at least put somebody on him. It, you couldn't pretend he wasn't there. Now I'm not saying with Brandon Miller because I'm that's what I'm assuming the Hornets are doing is just essentially replacing Kelly Oubre with uh, Brandon Miller. It, it's just going to be difficult. You're not going to have that same luxury. So while Kelly Oubre sometimes will put up a stinker and shoot three for eighteen. Literally the next game, he would shoot 12 or 16 and six for six from 10 from three. So it's it's just you don't know what you necessarily have with Brandon Miller yet. And that and that is something that I feel as though can't be replaced right away. Because like I said, while Kelly Oubre was a mixed bag, while he wasn't his, I'm not saying he was an all-star player, he still put up good numbers, even though it wasn't efficient, but teams had to guard him because he, if you didn't, he would drop 30 on you at times. We don't know what we have, if Brandon Miller can do that yet. And I project, of course, him to be able to do it. I wouldn't even be surprised if he did it, you know, a few times during the season, but will it be respected as Kelly Oubre? I think, you know, of course, if he does it a few couple times at the beginning of the season, a lot of teams game plan will change, but I'm just saying that I just don't expect it. That that's all I'm saying is that's really all I'm that's a long-winded way of saying I just don't expect it because it's it's just not easy for a rookie to come in and all of a sudden make an impact, especially the way the Hornets treat their rookies. I don't foresee Brandon Miller going to the G League, uh the Greensboro Swarm. But I don't also see him starting right away. I personally would start him. I, I don't think you have anything to lose. But I get if he doesn't start, I understand, even though I think he should start. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see what they do with that, just because you can't you really can't expect that rookie to come in and even do what Kelly Oubre does. And I think Brandon Miller will project and end up being a much better player than Kelly Oubre. I'm just talking right now, this second. Kelly Oubre averaged 20. While it was an inefficient 20, it was still 20. And while other people were missing, so therefore he got more shots, it was still 20. And teams knew, hey, if we don't guard this guy, he's going to put up seven threes in a quarter. So that that's all I'm saying. It's just unfair to expect a rookie to put up that kind of production. If he does, great. But if he doesn't, we can't beat him up over it. 
And also that affects, of course, our chances of going being a six seed. Now, you could look at also maybe compare well, yeah, maybe compare Brandon Miller's impact to what Kelly Oubre's impact was on the 43 and 39 team two years ago. Um, maybe, maybe that would be a better comparison and see what Kelly Oubre was doing there. In fact, I will do that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make that a video, but that essentially that's what I feel like the Hornets are doing. They're trying to replace Kelly Oubre with Brandon Miller. You can't expect that of a rookie, it's not going to be easy. They play different, but I do think Brandon Miller projects to be the better player. So maybe you know, you do sacrifice some of that offense his rookie year, but you a significant upgrade on defense. So maybe we have something there. Next, I want to touch on is. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, I think, is a huge part of if this team is going to be good. And I know it sounds crazy, but I really do. One, he's technically the vet. Terry Rozier is the one that holds the workouts in Miami, I believe. Terry Rozier is kind of a rah-rah guy. You can kind of, maybe not rah-rah in your face kind of guy, but he always, when he does his interviews, he's just always talking about, you know, trying to be a leader, trying to win, trying to, you know, do things for the guys on the team. Gordon Hayward's not that. He So, Terry Rozier takes on that role, and it's a very important role. And last year, his numbers did not look good as they normally do. I think a lot of that is with Melo out. A lot of that, he was playing out of position. A lot of that is he's still guarding the other team's best ball handler a majority of the time, which is not something, obviously, he should be doing. It's unfair to him. It's not even that he's a horrible defender. I don't even think he's that bad of a defender, but when you put him on the other team's best player every night, it's kind of... You know, it's kind of wild. So I think he's going to be a major part of this. He a lot of his stuff was ISO. I mean, he did a lot of ISO. He had the ball in his hand a lot, especially with LaMelo out. But in that 43 and 39 season, according to Basketball Index, he was one of the best off ball movers in that 43 and 39 season. If you continue to let him operate that way, go through screens, run actions for him, I think that we'll see a much more efficient, a much better Terry Rozier. He moves. He's very quick on the floor. If you watch him, he's constantly moving. I think that he can do that iso ball. He does have, you know, he's able to get to his shots in the mid range and do dribble pull ups. Uh, He can even run the pick and roll. But I think you want the ball out of his hand just because of the fact that he moves so well without it. And then. If something happens, he can create his own shot. It's not one of those guys where he's just strictly catch and shoot. I just think that works best for him um, simply just because of the fact that you ask him to play make and try to do all these other things along with scoring. I think that kind of impacted his game a little bit. So I think we'll see more of Terry Rozier being the Terry Rozier he was last year, two years ago, or not last year, two years ago, three years ago. Basically, ever since he came to Charlotte, I know efficiency was a huge thing for Terry Rozier before he came to Charlotte. He came to Charlotte. His efficiency numbers went up, except last year. Last year was pretty bad, but it was a bad team. It, it, so I'm I'm not looking at everybody's stat. Like, that's why I even say with Kelly Oubre, I'm not looking at his stats and saying, oh, this guy, you know, he's going to – I expect him to do that if Kelly Oubre was coming back. No, and I don't think Terry Rozier is going to have the same season. I think he's going to have a much better season, hopefully. Will his numbers shoot up? Like, is he going to average like 22 or something? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be more 18 to 20. I mean, that's kind of what he's been averaging since he's been in Charlotte. I think it's just going to be more efficient. I think he's going to get more open looks. I think that it's just going to be easier for him to maneuver because, you know, you have much better players on the court. You have a guy that can ball handle for you and just get hit you in your spots. And Terry Rozier is a good enough playmaker to where it also helps LaMelo Ball because we know LaMelo Ball is such a good catch-and-shoot shooter. And I mean, he can pull up too, but I think 
a skill that's underrated of his is his ability to catch and shoot. I think something about it, it really doesn't matter what the defense looks like. LaMelo Ball is a really good catch and shoot shooter. So I think Terry is the key to all of this. I know Miles, of course, being Miles would help. LaMelo being healthy would help. Mark Williams being what he was at, you know, at the end of last season will help. But truly, I believe that if this team is really going to be that six seed, I think the key is Terry Rozier and just getting the most you can out of him. Gordon Hayward remaining healthy is another one. Um, we know what he's bringing skills-wise, even though last year was a down year for him. But I, the thing is, I think we need Gordon Hayward as well. I think Gordon Hayward's going to be a very important piece to this team. He's just got to stay healthy. But he's just such a good overall player. It just – you. You like the skill set, you just don't like the money. You don't like the availability. If if we're paying him fifteen and and everything else is the same, I think you're more okay with the contract, and I think you're more willing to even have him back. But paying him thirty, having him start in this case more than likely over the second overall pick, I would just rather see the second overall pick struggle, um, and maybe put maybe put in Gordon to close out games. But Gordon Hayward, efficient player. I think every move he makes is calculated. I I feel as though he put he helps get the guys in line. He helps keep the guys poised on the floor. That's huge for him. The biggest thing is that he's just never on the floor. But overall, if they continue with Gordon Hayward, if he stays healthy and just has a little bit better season than next year, I, I can see this team possibly going to succeed. But as I named all those things, it all has to be, you know what I'm saying? All that has to happen to be a succeed. And we just seen that this team sometimes plays down to the competition. Now, I don't think they really did much of that with Steve Clifford. However, we'll see when we have the full team. Um, you also got to take on to the impact that this team, you're going into the season and what happens with Miles Bridges happens. It kind of affects the what the product on the floor. So, yes, LaMilla got hurt, but that just impact of – that kind of media attention and all that of Miles Bridges doing what he did, it does impact the team a little bit, in my opinion. So I think that also plays a part. I Once again, there was a lot going wrong last year. I think if you correct a lot of it, I still think it's just difficult to be the sixth seed. And the final reason, well, the final team reason, at least, is PJ. I have no idea what PJ is. I don't, I don't know what's going on with PJ. No idea. And... It's frustrating because you want to have a season that you, you're you're excited for. You're ready to see. But there's so many holes in this team. Right now, our power forward is a hole. <laughs> we I have no idea what our power forward position is going to look like. Um, because this is the thing. It's people say PJ sucks. PJ sucks. He's not even good. Okay, fine. Even even if you're under that impression, which I'm not, I think PJ's a good player. Is he worth twenty million? I don't think so, but I do think he's a good player. I'm not gonna say just because he's not worth twenty million right now doesn't mean I think he's a bad player. But what people say, well, I'm glad he's gone, or I'm glad, you know, I hope he doesn't come back. Okay, but then who replaces him? Oh, would you just put Brandon Miller at the three and then Miles Bridges at the four and Mark Williams, you know, and that'd be your front court. No, <laughs> like that doesn't solve it. That's and that's kind of my point is the fact that that just doesn't solve it. Yes, in in if you put like if you take out factors and just look at these ball players as ball players and just look at their skill set, that lineup works, of course. But having a rookie 
in there and then just expecting. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like the expectations are just too high. They're just way too high. The thing is, you want to be proven wrong, but you really can't expect a rookie to replace the production that PJ makes, whether you believe in his production or not. PJ is probably probably one of our best overall defenders. We've seen him play small ball five. He plays the four. Like he he, he can he can catch and shoot to an extent. He, he he does pose some type of offensive threat. While it's few and far in between where he really goes off, he can't do it. And the thing is, like once like kind of what I was saying with Kelly Oubre, you still kind of have to keep an eye on him because if you don't, you have what happened with the Thunder. Now a lot of that was just he he was just hot that night, and that happens. But also, I feel like the Thunder were just caught off guard. So. And then when you consider it, PJ is like the fourth option. You got Miles, Melo, Terry, and then PJ, and then Mark Williams. So I, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense um, as far as expecting him to do a lot offensively. I feel like that's where a lot of people talk. Oh, well, his offensive game. He doesn't have a bag. He doesn't. Do, he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to. He has three guys who can dribble, and then he has. Well, actually, Brandon Miller needs to dribble a little better. But then you got Brandon Miller coming off the bench. Uh, Gordon Hayward, in this case, coming off the bench. Um, you have, hopefully, like I said, a backup point guard. It's just he doesn't necessarily have to be this. He doesn't have to have this deep bag to be the fourth best player. I wouldn't say the fourth best player, but just like the fourth option in a starting lineup for the Charlotte Hornets. That's kind of what I don't understand when people just down him so much and say, oh, well, we don't want him back. Okay, fine. If that's how you feel. Whatever. I kind of get it to an extent. But where does his production come from? I'm not expecting that. That's what I'm saying. I'm not just going to pick up JT Thor, throw him in there and say, okay, do what PJ has done the last couple of years, which has been a pretty decent defender, um, can score. I mean, that, that's really all you need him for. <laughs> that, that's like that's like his role. And I think he does want a bigger role. I feel like that's part of why the negotiations are struggling because he wants money of a guy with a bigger role and he doesn't have a bigger role. But as far as what he does, yes, it's simple. But can JT Thor do it at the level that PJ can on a team that is attempting to make the succeed? I feel like that is what I feel as though people are missing is the fact that they think they can just pick and p- replace people and that you throw people in these spots and they're going to be able to do what the player in that position previously could do. I remember last year when I first kind of like started really covering the horn and some starting my YouTube channel and things like that. I would tell people we were going into the season and I was like, eh, I just don't see it. And this is thinking LaMelo's healthy, but obviously we're missing miles. And I'm like, I don't see it. I just don't see how this team can repeat the success of what would have been last year at that point of the 43 and 39 team. I don't see how we can repeat that success with Miles Bridges gone. I just don't like you might can replace the the numerical stats. Fine. okay. JT Thor scores a little more points. In this case, Bryce McGowan scores a little more points. Uh, Who else is on the bench? Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe scores a little more points and maybe equals 20. But is it really the impact? Is that 20 the same impact that Miles Bridges had with a 20 by himself? People and people were telling me, yeah, like, oh, yeah, all we need to do is have PJ step up and Gordon Hayward score a little more points. And we know LaMelo's going to score a little more. That's going to cover the 20. And it's just not that simple. It's just because you can replace the numerical stat does not mean you can replace the impact. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying PJ's a savant. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world. All I'm saying is that 
you cannot take a JT Thor. You cannot take a Kai Jones. Oh, I'm trying to say Brandon Miller and just throw them in and expect them to have the same impact PJ does. They make him put up the numerical stats as a unit. Of I think Brandon Miller could do it by himself, but it's just not going to be the same impact. And for a team that is fighting for the six seed, that's the a part I'm I'm trying to really convey here. For a team that's trying to make the six seed, skip the play in. Do you really want to trust a JT Thor, Brandon, or Brandon Miller to put you in that position? No. It's one, it, it's just unfair. Two, they're not ready, at least as of right now. Brandon Miller and JT Thor could come out just guns blazing. We're having a whole different story. Completely different story. And I and I wouldn't even get on here and say I'm wrong because I'm not projecting anything or saying it's gonna be that way. I'm just saying that it's very Hard for me to expect a young JT Thor and a rookie Brandon Miller to do what PJ does as far as impact at such young ages for and replace the you know experience that PJ had in four years, five, four years. That's all I'm saying. Is it five years? I don't know. But either way, my point is, it's just not easy. And I feel like people are trying to make it seem like it's easy. Just because PJ isn't Kevin Durant, you know what I mean? It's like players who aren't these superstar caliber players, you, people think that you, it's so easy to replace them. And it's just not. It's, it's just not. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens with PJ. All right. Enough with the roster talk. We still got a long ways to go and we're only 25 minutes in. So I'm going to take a sip of this coffee real quick. And you may hear some awkward silence, but I needed that. I needed that coffee. But anyway. Now we're going to move on to the rest of the conference. The rest of the conference is interesting because a lot of people are saying, oh, we can make the six seed. There's a lot of teams we're better than. And I I think people just want to replace or just pretend that what we did to 43 and 9, we were still like the 10 seed. Now the East was a lot better. And they're like, the 10 seed would have been, or just. Six seed, if if we took that record from that year and put it into this past year, we would have been like the six seed or whatever, seven seed. One, playing games, it just doesn't matter. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, as of right now, have shown they, they do not show up well in playoff games. Now, both times they've been the 10th seed, been a road team, one game elimination. So maybe if they were the seventh seed, um, it would be a different story. I don't know. But it's just I, I don't want to touch the playing. So then you look at, okay, making the sixth seed. While that's true, if you take the 43 and 39 team and put it into this past season, it'll be like the seventh or sixth seed. I don't think that same team playing that same way goes 43 and 39. The East is just different. The East is just different now. I don't think they win the same 43 games. Yes, they're better than 27 and whatever they were. I just don't think they're, I just don't think you can replace. You, it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. That same team putting up the same stats would not be a six or seven seed. Now, I say this because, especially this upcoming season, the East is not going to be a walk in the park. So, yes, on paper, there are teams that I feel like we're better than. The Pistons, the Magic. Um, Who else? The Pistons, the Magic, the Wizards. Uh, Pacers, I think we're better than on paper. That's for, I know for a fact, other ones are kind of toss-ups. 
Well, I feel like that. And it could be bias. It could be whatever. But I feel like we're better than them. However, my point is just because we're better than these teams does not mean it's going to be a walk in the park. And that's just really what I've been telling people. Oh, we're much better than those teams. So we really got just we're competing with the Bulls, who we think we're better than the Raptors, who we think we're better than uh, Knicks. People are like, oh, I don't really believe in the Knicks, but they did just make the second round. Um, and honestly, oh, that was my iPad. But honestly, if it wasn't for they just couldn't take advantage of a hurt Jimmy Butler. But if they could, they really easily would have won. You know what I'm saying? They could have won that series. So it was more so on them. So my point is, like, if they just refine that coming into this year and play, they easily would have been an Eastern Conference Finals team. Now, would they beat the Celtics? Probably not. But my point is that, you know, the whole narrative would have been different. So it's just not going to be easy. These teams, the, the Pistons, they're not going to be an easy out at all. They're, they're, they're going to be a much more difficult team to play. You got to like we always say we miss LaMelo. They're missed. They missed Cade Cunningham, who whatever. I, I know some people say Cade's better, which is ridiculous to me, but he's still a good player. I'm not. He was drafted number one for a reason. And I believe that he should have been number one picking that draft. But what I'm saying is they were still missing their probably best player as well. So therefore, it's it's just not it's just not a one to one comparison. The East is just going to be much tougher, much much tougher. You got like I said, there's teams that were better than, but there's just still not. There's no team that you can just walk in and run over. There's not. And if you think there is, then I I don't know what to tell you because the Magic, if anything, they're just they just have so many players that could hold them back. As far as it's just when you have so many talented players, it's like, where, where do we even put everybody? Does everybody get the right minutes or using everybody the right way? That could be a problem on its own. But if you look at like each individual player talent wise, that's a scary team. Palo, rookie of the year for a reason. Franz Wagner. I mean, that dude, when you when he played in the was it Eurobasket like two years ago, he was a monster. Window Carter Jr. If he can be healthy, I think he's a very valuable starting center. Um, who else? Who else is over there? I'm trying to think of everybody. Uh, Jalen Suggs, who's decent. Cole Anthony, who's a microwave. Marco Fultz, who isn't a bad player. I'm not. Once again, I'm not saying. All right, they got Anthony Black and Jet, and Jet Howard. Like these are important guys. That guys that really can make an impact on a basketball court. That, that that's all I'm saying. Is just that it's just not that simple. It, it, it's going to be a dogfight, man, and I, and I and I think the Hornets will fare well. I I can see them if they if they play to how they're supposed to. Depending on how that ten game stretch where Miles doesn't play goes, if we go like four and six, I think there's a chance. If for whatever reason we go two and eight, three and seven, even it's like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because that's already ten games. You only got seventy two more. And then it's just like you, you're hoping for perfect health for 72 games with this team. It just hasn't happened. It just has not happened. Our healthiest season, I will say, it led to us being 43 and 39. So it, it has some value. But do I – it's just hard. It's just hard to put that expectation on this team and just be that hopeful that this team is going to be healthy and that they're going to play to their full capacity. So – East is just going to be a dogfight. It's just not going to be easy. Raptors are not going to be easy out, even though I think we're talent-wise probably level with them. Uh, but they just have more like higher-tier players. But they lost Fred Van Vliet, so there's that. 
it, it's just going to be very interesting to see how we compare to these other teams. I think like Bulls, that's a team where they're healthy, we're healthy. Oh, but they're healthy. They have Lonzo, technically. Okay, without Lonzo, if they're healthy, we're healthy. Because it, it's already said that Lonzo more likely won't play this year. They're healthy, we're healthy. I, I like our chances. Raptors, they're healthy, we're healthy. I like our chances. But this is one-game scenarios. You know what I'm saying? So over the course of a season, we'll see. Like if we match up with that team, then fine. I think that we could we could probably win. You know, we could probably beat them. But as far as just throughout the season, it, it's just going to be tough. They have a new coach, so maybe they'll go. You know, they might trade Pascal. Same with the Bulls. They might trade Zach Levine. They might trade uh, Demar Derozan. So they'll, that it will be helpful to us. But it's just not as simple as we're just automatically going to be in the succeed. Now, playing, different story. I do feel like we're going to be in a playing. I just don't like what we do in the playing, of course. So I'll be interested to see if this team really steps it up and plays well in the playing. If anything, I just hope it's a home game. That That's what I hope for. I hope we get the, I'll say seventh or eighth, because if the eighth, you lose the first one, you get the home game in the second game. So I said, I hope seven or eighth seed. That's where you want them to be. You don't want them to be ninth. Or 10, obviously, because I just don't I just don't even now. I don't think that that will fare well for us unless the other team has an injury or whatever the case may be. I just don't see that happening because we saw what the Pacers did to us and we saw what the Hawks did to us. But that's oh, the Hawks is another team. They're not the greatest team in the world, but they have a lot of good players. And it's just not going to be easy to just be able to throw the Charlotte Hornets in there and expect them to beat that team. And be much better than that team. I think it's what I what I, I think the best way to sum this up is that I feel as though all these teams are neck and neck. Honestly, uh, they can be neck and neck. So you got let's go pay. Let's go down and say Pacers because I think the Hornets are somewhere in the middle. So let's say let's go under the Hornets. You got Pacers magic. If those players are playing how they're supposed to play. It's same way we're hoping for the Hornets to play their way they're supposed to play. We're all going to be like sub 500, really close to 500 teams fighting for that bottom of the East. And I just feel like the Hornets shy away from those moments. And I'm just only taking that from past data. I'm only taking that from past data. So maybe they'll change. Maybe things will change. And then we're, we're having a different conversation. And of course, I hope so. But I just don't. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Uh, let me know what you think, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you leave a comment. Also, um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment and tell me what you think. I guess the best thing I'm trying to say is I don't foresee the Charlotte Hornets being a six seed. I think the East is better. I think we can very likely make the play in if everyone's healthy. Um, but I just don't see the six seed unless something goes wrong. I don't see everyone cause we're okay. As a you take out being a Hornets fan, you're a basketball fan. You hope everybody's healthy. You hope everybody plays to the best of their ability. If that happens, if we live in this perfect world, I don't see I the Charlotte Hornets can be the succeed. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it doesn't feel like a sure thing as those people are making it. People are like, oh yeah, we're healthy. We're definitely making a succeed. And to me, it just I don't see it. I really don't see it. I don't see how you can automatically say we're going to be the succeed. But anyway, that does it. Um, I will actually just do another podcast for what other team, what the media was saying about the Charlotte Hornets and having us 27th. Because while I kind of just went in on the Charlotte Hornets and saying, oh, I don't expect us to beat 60, I still, they have us at 27th. 
We were the 27th best team last year with no Miles, no LaMelo, and shot chuckers just because there was nothing to play for. And our best center didn't play until the back half of the season. So we'll go and talk about that in the next episode. And uh, yeah, also make sure you leave any comments that anything you want me to discuss and follow me on YouTube just because that's where I do like more random nuanced videos and just like quick updated news. Um, so yeah, trust the buzz on YouTube and then also follow me on Twitter uh, at TrustBuzz, T-R-U-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z, where I talk about Charlotte Hornets and other random stuff. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and leave that follow and I'll put the link down in the description below. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to, I guess, the first edition of the Trust the Buzz podcast. I really appreciate it. Every listener, everybody that share, everybody that like. Keep doing that. That helps me. That helps believe. And that just been so great to me as far as a content creator or whatever you want to call it. I still don't know what to call this stuff. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.